Hello, everyone. This is Eric Dover, and you're listening to Appetite for Distortion with Brando. Welcome to the podcast, Appetite for Distortion, episode number 344. My name is Brando. How are you, Mr. Eric Dover? Very orange today. Oh, I'm, uh, I'm doing quite well. I'm feeling kind of orange and yellow, rocking that look. And, uh, you know, yellow is Rod Stewart's favorite color, so. Oh, is it? I'm doing it in homage to him, yeah. Okay. Um, where, If you don't mind me asking, where are you located, unless it's like a secret, you know, bomb shelter or something? I'm in an underground bunker just uh, <laughs> inside uh, Los Angeles, and uh, we're stocked up on toilet paper and... Uh, no, I'm in Los Angeles. Okay. <laughs> Very cool. Well, I appreciate it. I mean, I know you do so many interviews, so I don't know if you remember the last time we spoke, which was when you had volume one for the liquor. Uh, liquor. See, this is the, I told Eric before why I'm missing a tooth and I have a, a lisp if I leave in my tooth. So this is a fun part of doing a podcast when you have to say licorice quartet. <laughs> You know, and Eric, I've been practicing. Do I say Slash's Snake Pit sells seashells by the seashore? So, <laughs> right, I'm practicing. I'm getting a new tooth uh, later this year, like in August or you're, something. You're nailing it. I'm, so, Thank you. Have you ever had anything like this? Obviously, your mouth and your vocals are it's your bread and butter. Have you ever had any uh, crazy dental work or get, you know, bust a lip or anything? Oh, yeah. I've had plenty of uh, plenty of dental work. In fact, uh, the last time I went to have oral surgery, I was, I was TikTok, the be a man guy, and I waved the anesthetic, and uh, that was a big, big mistake. I came out of there as white as a ghost. <laughs> oh, man. Well, uh, I appreciate I was going to take a break from doing podcasting for a bit, but when I have a chance to speak with Eric Dover again, I mean, and especially show my mug, it doesn't matter if I look like a, a hockey player for a little bit, it's okay. It's okay. So, uh, as I mentioned, it's uh, episode 344, but we spoke, I don't know, maybe like the beginning of the pandemic, which just sounds like a lifetime ago. This is crazy. Uh, so, that was episode right. 185, and that's when we spoke about Threesome, a Threesome Volume 1, and now we're talking about Threesome Volume 3. So, you've had a lot going on. So, uh, I guess the, where to start is, is this... The trilogy is that is this it is this like how you went into it just you're gonna do the three EPs like what was the the mindset when you first started uh, this this project this band? Uh, well, we were uh, reading a lot of Tolkien and The Hobbit and uh, decided we wanted no. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. It was uh, always pretty much our intention to. I think in the beginning we were just gonna release a record, the full length record. Um, but uh, as time went on, we decided to do uh, split it up into three EPs. Of course, the, uh, the pandemic hit, so uh, we'd already recorded drums and had a number of instruments tracked for the uh, 
for the record, but we had to finish a lot of stuff from our home studios for the uh, the last two EP installments. So uh, we had to do a lot of the file sharing. So. Hmm. so you had a lot of the work done. It wasn't like you did. I mean, obviously, I guess you, you knew if you called it Volume 1, Volume 2, Volume 3, but you you knew it was going to be a trilogy. Um, do you, did you foresee maybe we can squeeze uh, a fourth one out or maybe make the first two bigger? I mean, I guess what was the thought process uh, other than reading, reading Lord of the Rings? Uh, what was your thought process? <laughs> I'm putting it out in, in a trilogy. <laughs> well, we only had, um, we only had a dozen songs. Okay. So, and we'd written those before we ever set foot in the studio. So, you know, really only enough for a, like a, a nice hefty pulling LP. Um, so it, you know, it's split down into three EPs and, and there you have it. Um, uh, we just released the entire, uh, three EPs on Sony Japan as an import only. So you can get that, uh, with all the EPs on it. Uh, and, uh, that's out now. So, that's the only uh, way you can get all three of them at once at this juncture. That's cool. Because right now, there's only two singles for Volume 3, which is Unfortunately and New Days, which are really cool songs. I mean, it's. I think I, I made the analogy a lot uh, when we first spoke. They sounded very Beatle-esque, but now I'm hearing a lot more uh, pop-punky, you know, more of an upbeat feel. You know, I guess when you split this up into three, did you know what four was going to go where and how you grouped them? Did you know like how you wanted to divide the three with what, like the pairings of the songs? Uh, well, sense? I didn't personally only because, uh, I, I left that decision to Roger and Tim. I'm okay. like, uh, that's too much for me to think about, but I do think it boiled down to, uh, whatever we had completed first was going to be released, uh, essentially. And that's kind of how we approach grouping the songs. Uh, for the EP, so okay, uh, a lot of the songs that were, you know, that we kind of wrapped up early, those were the ones that went on uh, EP one. I gotcha. You know what makes you? Because there's still people finding out about the Licorice Quartet. I'm going to slow down every time. Now I know that's a tongue twister, and I'm missing a tooth in order to say it. Uh, what makes uh, you work so well with uh, Roger Manning Jr., who's from Beck? He's been Cheap Trick. Uh, Tim Smith, who's been in Noel, uh, Noel Gallagher's High Flying Birds, the Finn Brothers worked with Shell Crow, um, and 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 just what makes you guys work together uh, so well? Well, I think uh, it has to do with our formative years being in Jellyfish together. Um, you know, you just you just kind of make a, a strong bond that uh, transcends the test of time, or however you want to put it. Um, we all have a lot of the same musical uh, interests, <clears throat> excuse me, but we also come from uh, different different mindsets as well. So I think we all find that rather uh, exciting for each other because if one gets stuck, somebody, somebody can show up out of left field and you know give you a, a wonderful bridge or suggest a lyric or or however. Um, so I think that's one of the the secrets to uh, why we like to work together so well. Plus, we're just good friends. So, As I mean, we, we definitely uh, we'll, we'll meet an impasse uh, in our creative process. You know, we 
might not agree on something, but we always just try to find a way to work through things. And I think um, that's made for some good music. Is it hard? Because, of course, you're, you all came from Jellyfoot, like Jellyfish in addition to your other projects, but is there is it difficult to make it not sound like Jellyfish? Is it to make it its own unique? That's usually the, the case, right, when you have members from a, a very known band create another band and, and not have it sound the same, but you also don't want to lose your core sound. Is that challenging to make it not a Jellyfish record? Well, um... <clears throat> We, I don't know if we really thought about that so much for this because uh, this was the first time that we were getting together in a long time to make music, and we we did know that we wanted to have a lot of vocals on it, which is a hallmark of, of the jellyfish sound. Um, but there's so many different kinds of vocal sounds and vocal group sounds, and, and we all like uh, experimenting with, with uh, arrangements like that, whether it's kind of a a Beach Boys type of thing or, you know, the, the four freshmen or, you know, <clears throat> uh, we do find that, that kind of, uh, that kind of sound something we really love. So, uh, the music is, a, is a bit different than jellyfish, sure. but I think that the vocals obviously kind of bring it back in. I mean, and the vocals are why, we're here today. I mean, your your outstanding vocals that have just attracted so many different you know fans from different projects following you all these these years and you know just practice you know rehearsing and, and um, researching for this interview, looking at past interviews of yours. Um, and again, thank you for your time because I know sometimes it's not easy to be interviewed, so that's why I try to make it as conversational as possible. I don't like being interviewed. It's just. I know it's part of the the, uh, the game, right? So I don't know if you feel natural giving interviews, but I, I looked at an old school uh, one of you, you and Howard Stern, you uh, Slash and Howard Stern, and you were playing uh, Beggars and Hangers On, and you and that just, that strong, the red face of Eric Dover when you give it your all, and they were kind of teasing you a bit. Can you kind of, can you talk about that? What was it 1995 maybe? Um Yes, that was 1995, <clears throat> and um, you know, if you've ever done the Howard Stern show, it's really early in the morning, something like six in the morning or something. So, uh, I just remember drinking whiskey and coffee and going on. And when I first got in the band with Slash, um, he was like, "I just want you to to go as gritty and hard as you can." So, uh, the red face came because of that because of like always just go as hard as you can with it so um that combined with the whiskey and also part of that red face was the embarrassment of seeing the uh, back wall of baba buoys with all the uh, naked photographs <laughs> of women sticking things in them in different orifices because that that was real and i was a bit shocked <laughs> yeah i'm uh you know, I'm a bit uh, conservative when it comes to that as well. I'd be like kind of uncomfortable. Um, that's that's I like that. It's it's a three pronged. Speaking of threesomes, I guess it's the embarrassment, I guess, or shyness. It's the whiskey, and it's slash telling you to give it your all. So of course, I'm glad you just didn't pop a vessel or you know anything like that. Was oh, it? Oh yeah. Was yeah. there was there a fun well, overall experience? Do you th um, do you remember it well? 
Oh, it was Slash. Yes, it was. It was uh, great fun. We had a grand time. Believe me. Hmm. Um, you know, it was, I guess the closest I've ever been to being in the Rolling Stones or something like that, where you're just jet setting around the world, doing promotion and uh, being treated very well, and staying in really nice hotels and going to exotic locations. And um, so, yeah, it was a it was a dream. It was kind of a short dream you know it didn't last that long but i still uh recollect it quite fondly yeah oh sure i mean i i'm glad you answered it like that anyway but i meant specifically the howard stern show not i mean slice of snake oh, okay yeah i mean yeah well, of course i mean that's a that's a one i would i would ask you a more specific question about slash the snake pit not something so uh general <laughs> if that makes sense no, no that, that's fine no howard stern was great i mean that you know you you um and I'd watched him for a, such a long time, so it was uh, unbelievable to be on the show. And Howard was super cool with us. So cool. I didn't meet Beetlejuice, but <laughs> I love that. Well, to tie in what your your answer before anyway to what we're, I guess, talking about and feeling like the Rolling Stones for a little bit, and it's very cool to see Slash out now with Miles, uh, obviously still doing Guns N' Roses. Um, when was the last time you you two do you keep in in contact with Slash? Do you say hey every now and then? Do you shoot each other you know Instagram DMs? Uh, how did, or because hasn't has it been a while? Uh, well, it, it's been a while since we've talked, but you know it's uh, it's like L.A. If you live in L.A., you you can have best friends that live across town and you'll never see them mm. because you just can't be bothered to go to Santa Monica. I don't. But that's that's for at least for me. I mean, I have a lot of friends like that as well. Like, um, but we're just you know busy people. Every once in a while, you might may see him or bump into him and say hi. But um, okay, yeah, he's a, he's a busy guy. Sure, because it's coming. Because I'm getting because people are excited to to hear from you and excited to you know know what you have going on with the Licorice Quartet. But of course, uh, Slash's Snake Pit is such a you know a, a moment in time that it's. It's carrying. That's why we're so excited still to talk about it. So that kind of relates to a question I got from a listener, Gilbert Cano, on Facebook. Like, would you ever be open? I, I guess I was asking if you and Slash have ever discussed doing a one-off, a live show, any sort of, you know, do, would you be open to it, I guess, might be the more, uh, the easier question to ask rather than if you knew it was going to happen. Like, would you be open to it? Well, I'm I'm, uh, I'm pretty open to, to just about anything, really. Um whether it's uh, people I've played with in my past, like Roger and Tim or, or Slash or, or whoever. Um, but, it, you know, it's never been discussed. And Miles is quite a great singer-songwriter, uh, too. So I think he's, uh, I think he's got it covered. <laughs> sure, but th- he's not singing all of, if it's at 5 o'clock somewhere. You know, it's kind of one of those. Uh, it's only you could sing that. I mean, I guess. Well, every once in a while, I'll I'll play a gig uh, and pull out a Snake Pit song, and they're they're quite up there in register. You know, there there's a lot of energy going on, so uh, I'm pretty sure I can still do it. Okay, I, that's I think that's all we wanted to hear. And um, unlike Howard Stern, I don't like asking the tough questions, so I'll leave it to my listeners. And this is not even necessarily a tough question, but a curious one. Uh, this is from uh, Anderson, Mr. Anderson from San Antonio. Have you ever met Axl Rose? 
the answer to that one is easy. I never have. Hmm. I've uh, I've met everyone else, and uh, you know I know Stephen Adler pretty well. Uh, met Def a few times, and uh, but yeah, ne- never Axel. So. I don't know. Hey, Axel. <laughs> That's a nice soundbite I may use in the future. Hey, just like Dave Grohl. Hey, Axel. Hey, Axel. Um, that's, well, I mean, that's, it's interesting because uh, I just spoke with Tony Harnell, uh, former of TNT, and he's doing his solo thing now, of course. And we were talking about, um, let's just say, fill-in singers, for lack of a better term, or you know, like how he he has TNT, and then he would have singers replace him. And when he was in Skid Row for a cup of coffee, he replaced Sebastian Bach, and he talked about feeling a pressure there. So was even though it was a completely different band, it wasn't like you were filling in for Guns N' Roses. Was there uh, a pressure, I guess, um, to for people being like, "Where's Axel?" Uh, when you were like what, Howard Stern, I mean, he was kind of asking Axel questions when it wasn't about Axel. So I don't know if you felt pressure because of. The the non the Axel factor when he wasn't even there. Well, I knew <clears throat> I knew going into that situation that I was immediately going to be thrown to the wolves, and uh, and I was you know young at the time, pretty hungry to to get out there. So I kind of put that out of the put that out of my mind, obviously, because if you think about it, it's going to drive you crazy. Um, and just gave it you know as went as hard as I could with it. Um, but I also knew that that uh, Geffen really wanted another Guns N' Roses record, and we were just kind of in in the middle in that interim period there. So, uh, and that was Slash and Axel's business, really. It wasn't it wasn't mine. So I, I basically tried to stay out of it. Yeah. Okay. Because I'm I'm looking uh, at other because I'm getting a lot of uh, questions for you. Um, this is from he. I wish people had like normal handles on like their Twitter and Instagram. So I'm not reading like, you know, butt squeeze 68. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I totally made that up. Lay odds. uh, Can you ask him if those songs from 1995 had already been worked on? Because you said you left Axel. That was their thing. And that's smart. But do you know if any of them were worked on uh, with Axel or everything was created from scratch? Um, Well, I know that, uh, well, the music was already recorded by the time I came in to the picture. Uh, so uh, once I was hired on, uh, we would take a song a day and uh, complete the lyrics and everything. But as far as if the material had ever been played for Axel, I can't say for sure. Um, I don't know. I don't think Axel liked the Snake Pit record, but I don't know if he ever heard any of the uh the material, you know, uh, in a practice room or whatever, slash playing it for him. Okay, okay. And this is actually a nice follow-up question from another listener, Mike Dallaporto, much easier to read. Uh, I wonder how many songs or riffs he remembers that didn't make the album and if they ended up on 8 Life Grand or Velvet Revolver's first record. Mm. Well, we were working pretty fast, and I know that, you know, Slash and I would get together at his house and and uh, play riffs down and and stuff like that. Sit around on acoustic guitars and watch the Cooking Channel and and everything. Um, but I don't remember anything turning into what became uh, 
any subsequent work? Um, yeah, that's a good question, actually. It is a good question. I have great listeners. They're my producers. You know, they make me look better than uh, than I really am. Uh, last uh, snake pit question, then back to the album. Just, and this one's for me, and I'm curious, because I've also been fortunate to have Rod Jackson on the show. I haven't heard from him in a bit, and he's a, he's been wonderful to me. So I'm curious if you've ever met Rod Jackson, if you came across him, and what you thought of also that second snake pit record. Oh, I, lo- I know Rod. I love Rod. He's He's a wonderful guy. Mm-hmm. Um, back when he first got in the band, you know, I we pow out a lot. I haven't seen him in in quite a while either. But um, yeah, I liked that record. You know, as you know, uh, not only him but Matt Log and uh, Ryan Roxy, two other great friends of mine, are on that record. So, mm-hmm. and I'm friends with uh, Slash's band now, like Todd Kearns and uh, Brent Fitz and. You know, we're all buddies, so. I love that. I think that's why, at least for me, I always ask about what if uh, on stage, these collaborations, because you're all friends, you know, and there's always, people like that. It's almost like wrestling when there's somebody that just comes out and you don't expect. It's like, ah, oh, look who's back. It's Stone Cold's music or whatever. And it's like, Eric, it's just, you never know. It's a surprise, especially since you're all so close. It's like a giant family. And that's what this podcast is really with the six degrees of GNR bacon. All these, the, and it's so cool that Todd's been on the show. He's an awesome guy. So yeah, everyone you you mentioned and, and Rod especially, just uh, and you especially, uh, wonderful human beings. So that's just uh, it's awesome. Not just the music is great, but the people. Well, I feel that everybody involved um, is is uh, extremely grateful to be able to do what they do, and uh, you know here. LA is a huge city, but it's kind of close knit in, in certain ways. A lot of people know each other, hang out, grab a nosh, a coffee, or whatever. So. <laughs> a nosh. That's a nice uh, Jewish word, y- Yiddish word. Have a nosh. <laughs> oh, That's right. It. I love it. Um, back to the end of the trilogy, the completing the masterpiece for volume three, threesome volume three. Is there a sense of relief that this is coming out May 20th? Like when it's all said and done, um, that you're not you're not working with your friends <laughs> right now. Uh, how do you feel? Relief or excitement? Uh, what's the, what's the mood knowing that this has come to its conclusion? Uh, I am very well. It's a cathartic sort of feeling. You you do feel a, a sense. At least I feel kind of a sense of relief that it's finally out. Um, it took about five years in total. That. Be- partly because of the uh, pandemic, but, uh, you know, we've, we've come together and proven that we can uh, do this again, had a lot of fun doing it. Uh, I think we've made some really cool music together. Uh, I'm a little sad that it's, that it's done, um, but we're still kind of collaborating and we're, we're doing, um, we, we do sessions for people. We're available for that or uh, offer experiences um, at the present time. There's no plans to keep going with it. We never had any intention of touring behind it. Mm. Um, but, you know, never say never. It could, it, that, that could all change. If there's one thing I've learned, uh, you know, everything can change at the drop of a hat. So we're, I think we're all proud and relieved more than anything. Cool. And I was going to ask you answered one of the questions uh, about touring. Um, I know you were kind of 
um, didn't give any details or specifics about like what's next. Your you know sessions. But do you have a a set plan for what's coming next? Whether it be for you trio or for yourself, or you just focusing on volume three right now? Uh, well, we're we're promoting volume three right. uh, as we speak. We may uh, do a a live stream small performance, you know, for some friends and film that some, uh, do some things like that coming up. Um, I think we've got another video possibly in the works. We've got two videos out for volume three already, uh, for the song, fortunately, and new days. And, uh, <clears throat> we're, we're just gonna, you know, we're playing it by ear still a little early, but, um, in the meantime, I have plenty of things to do. I'm busy with different projects, and I'm doing my own uh, solo record, Sextus. This will be my third one. Great. Hopefully I can get that out uh, soon. Um, so, you know, we're all going to kind of peripherally, peripherally, <clears throat> I don't even have a tooth missing, um, <laughs> stay in touch and, and uh, you know, keep keep some fire burning. I don't know how big, but something. Okay, very cool. And you mentioned, because this is a good way to, to wrap things up, because after the interview, I want to play a clip for those who haven't you know, checked out the, the two new singles right now, Fortunately and, and New Days. So I want you to pick which one I'm going to attach at the end of the podcast. And what I'm going to do is just have it on the podcast version, because if you're watching this on YouTube, I want you to go to the Licorice Quartet's YouTube page. I want them to get the click. Not me, if you're already watching this on YouTube. But um, again, so I want you to pick which one should I attach onto the audio version of this interview, Fortunately or, or New Days? Uh, well, I guess since New Days is our newest video, try that one. All right. What can, um, what can you tell us about it? Uh, well, that's a song that um, when we first got together and got in a room and began writing it uh, was a song, a piece of music that Roger had brought. And... Uh, we said, hey, man, we dig that that kind of psychedelic vibe. Uh, and so we kind of went on to complete it. Um, and I wrote uh, some lyrics for it called New Days. Um, I guess it's kind of a reflective, inner reflective type of tune. So uh, some of the imagery is very, it's very California. I, I purposely kind of went that way with it uh, without without trying to be a total beach boy or whatever, you know, it just has a lot of that kind of imagery of, of things that I love about California. Um, but it's also a little bit, uh, a little bit melancholic as well. Okay. I like it. All right. So I'm going to play a clip of new days. If you're listening to this on iHeartRadio or SoundCloud, Apple podcasts, so stick around. You'll get a taste of Eric. Eric Dover and the Licorice Quartet. Uh, Threesome Volume 3 comes out May 20th via Stranger Danger Records. I like that. That's a, I love that name. And uh, so if you're watching this on YouTube, because Eric's uh, he's here with his... What kind of, like, what is on the sweatshirt, your orange sweatshirt? I keep thinking it's Halloween, but it's not. If you don't... Oh, no, it's a, it's a Japanese sort of motif. Ah, wait. Uh, with the... Uh, like a, sir, yeah, I, I like that kind of horror show Japanese art. Yeah, it's a skeleton riding a wave. I love it. Yeah. Be Surf's up, dude. <laughs> I love it. So if you're watching this on, uh, on YouTube, on our YouTube channel, after this is over, 
go to the Linkerish Quartet's YouTube page and check out New Days. Fortunately, check out Volume Two, Volume One. But in the meantime, um, that's it for this episode of uh, Appetite for Distortion. Thank you, Eric, for coming on again. I can't thank you enough for your time, and hope we get to do this again down the road for our own trilogy. I hope so too. And it was uh, it's always a it's always good to uh, talk to you, Brandon. And uh, yeah. Take care. Get that tooth looked at. <laughs> uh, I'm so lucky. Now I'm just making it part of my shtick. You know, it is what it is. I, I'm, I'm lucky, but it was, it chipped my tooth. I don't want to make it all about me, but I hit my face against the steering wheel, broke my glasses. So these are my backups. By the way, I have, I've yet to mention this. When I do these uh, uh, Zoom interviews, I hate the glare on these old glasses that I have. So I need to get new. I need to get new face, basically, Eric. That's what it comes down to. So next time we do this, I'm gonna have a new face, essentially. Oh, good. Th- good. Well, the old one ain't bad. So. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so that does it for this episode of Appetite for Distortion. Uh, when will you see the next one? I'm, I'll tell you a couple guests that are coming up. Uh, Billy Howardell, I'm very excited for. From I don't know if you've met him from a Perfect Circle, and uh, he has a new solo al- album coming out. And uh, Vivian Campbell from Def Leppard also on the way so keep awesome. keep in contact with the podcast uh, on social media in between the broadcast so until next time when will you see these episodes in the words of Axel Rose concerning Chinese democracy you'll see it I don't know as soon as the world yeah! thanks to the lame ass security I'm going home <laughs>